scripture reading this morning is Genesis chapter 50, verses 15 through 21. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph, saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you're to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended harm to me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. It is now time for a children's Bible hour. If you have a three-year-old through second grader that's here this morning and you would like them to participate, we invite them to, and we also... Some of the oldest wooden structures on earth have lasted as long as 1,300 years and were built with intentionally burned wood. This burning process transforms the outer surface and forms a protective layer that is highly resistant to decay or destruction by the elements. Sometimes life can be intense. We can find ourselves burned by bad choices or by difficult circumstances. Scripture is filled with examples of women and men who encountered difficulty experienced transformation and were able to overcome. When the heat of life intensifies, God wants to work in your life and make you resilient. I'd love to remember to turn on my microphone. Love that imagery though of how God does help us become resilient people and we've been looking at different characters in the Bible that need, needed that how we overcome the obstacles and the, the struggles in our lives. And today we want to especially concentrate on Joseph and the concept of how are we going to respond when uh, people don't treat us properly, when we're mistreated by others, we're misunderstood. Do you enjoy playing games? You know, when you play a game, oftentimes you're looking for an advantage that you can have so that you can overcome the, uh, the opponents. I don't know what games are kind of a part of your family's heritage our family loves to play games Brenda's family always played an old game called Wahoo anybody know Wahoo Wahoo okay it's a it's a fun old game her her grandparents used to play it they, they were so fast at this game when they would roll the dice from anywhere on the board if they rolled a five they didn't count they knew exactly how many spots that was and you better not count or think or, or you better play fast with them they knew how to play the game and they they played to win I can remember her, her mom, when we were playing Wahoo, they had this whole little jar of, of marbles and dice. It's a dice game, and, and, uh, and uh, Neva would get out these, the dice, and they had a whole bunch of them, and she'd start rolling them to see which one was hot on the sixes that night. That was a good thing to be able to roll sixes, and so she'd see that one. You know, mathematically, you would think, oh, if she just rolled four or five sixes, that, that dice just ran out of sixes. Odds are against her. But no, she knew which one. Actually, there was a little dice that had a corner off of it 
Now, she, I'm not saying she weighted that dice because Neva would have never done it. She didn't break, she did not break that on purpose to roll ones and sixes, which are the two you want to get. But she seemed to select that dice before I could ever get to it. She, wrote, she could play the game. It's always nice when you're playing a game to have some kind of advantage, to, uh, to be able to win. There's all kinds of games that do that. Sometimes we play games where every once in a while you want to redeal or a do-over. You're dealt a bad hand. Sometimes in spades, depending on the rules that you have, there's a way to get a redeal because you've dealt a really bad hand, which, you know, I mean, so you have seven of one suit. That could be bad, or you can go nil. It could be really good. So you have no trumps. no sp So, you know, it's, it's all in how you look at the game. That makes a big difference. There's a game that children used to play. I don't know if they still anymore. The game Telephone? Does that make any sense? So where you, you say something, and you pass it down the line. And so it starts out with this one phrase, and the whole idea is when it gets to the end of the line, the last person says it out loud and it's, it's pretty humorous because it's usually nothing like or the similarities are, are just enough to catch a simple thought. It changes as it goes through that chain down the telephone line. In life at many times it seems like things change for us as well. We start out with this concept but when all this happens we come up with something totally different down the line. We just seem misunderstood. My favorite misunderstand quote is this one. I actually saw it first talking about a married couple. The statement is, I know that you believe you understand what you think I said, but I'm not sure you realize that what you heard is not what I meant. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times we just misunderstand. We misread. It's just how we are. And this definitely was true in Joseph's life. It's going to be a joy to help our children walk through the life of Joseph because over and over what they'll see is Joseph, the things that happen to him and how he chooses to respond to those in a positive way. It's amazing the amount of work that's gone over in our marketplace. By the way, most of the marketplace survived last night. They'll be patching a few after the torrential rains, but it's going to happen. And those market leaders and, and the, the preschool, many of us don't get to see what happens over in the activity center with all of our little kids, but it is just a wonderful, it's a joy. And of course, the drama and the Hispanic class, the teen class, the adult classes, there's so much that's going on. And it's also that we could see that what, how Joseph lived his life was real. I mean, it, it, in the marketplace, the kids hear about Bible stories and Bible times, but there they literally get to touch it and taste it. It becomes alive to them. And I hope the story of Joseph in a very real way can come alive in our lives, that it's something that we can relate to. Because one of the things that Joseph shows us over and over is that when we're misunderstood and we're mistreated, how we should act. It's one thing to be misunderstood in life and mistreated by others, but it's even more significant when the people who are supposed to care for us are the ones who mistreat us and misunderstand us. And that was definitely the true, true in Joseph's life. He was misunderstood and mistreated by his, his family. I mean, his brothers, he, he has this dream, and he, he comes to his brothers, and he, he tells them about this dream I had, is it from God? And it is, he tells his brothers that I saw, we were out in the field and there were these sheaves and, and uh, the 11 sheaves bowed down to, your 11 sheaves bowed down to me. You know, you know how the brothers felt about that? 
Genesis 37.5, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. <laughs> they didn't get it. Do you think Joseph told the dream as the honorary little brother just to make them mad? Now, he might have. I can't tell you what Joseph intended. But I think he didn't do it for that reason. I think he was trying to say, I had a dream from God. What could this possibly mean? But his brothers definitely misunderstood. Even his father, when he went on and told the part of the dream, like even the sun and the moon and the, and the stars bowed down to me. And, and his dad says in Genesis 37, 10, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? I mean, his father just misunderstood. Now, there is a difference. His father misunderstood him, but he didn't mistreat him. However, the brothers... When they misunderstood, they did want to kill the dream. They wanted that dreamer as far away from them as they could. Genesis 37, verse 18. But they saw him in the distance before he reached them. They plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. They wanted to kill the dreams it's so challenging when we're misunderstood and mistreated by those who should love us the most by family it's also true that it's very challenging when we are mistreated by those we're actually caring for and trying to help and that was true with Potiphar he sold into Potiphar's household and while Joseph is there, everything succeeds. It's going so well. Potiphar is being blessed. The challenge is that Potiphar's wife is attracted to Joseph and tries to seduce him. And he keeps turning her down with statements like, how can I do this against your husband and against God? And he refused. And in running away, she, she grabs his, his cloak and then she is hurt. So she tells Potiphar what's happened we pick up the story in Genesis 39 verse 19 when his master heard the story his wife told him saying this is how your slave treated me he burned with anger Joseph's master took him and put him in prison the place where the king's prisoners were confined how challenging for Joseph to be misunderstood by Potiphar one that he's been trying to help and thrown into prison and when all this happens, when those that we're closest to or even those we're trying to help do this, we have a choice on how we're going to respond. And for many of us, we choose to respond with bitterness. I mean, it's just in those quiet moments, in the cell in it, where nothing's happening, in those night times, all we do is go into the prison of our minds and dwell on it. And we become very bitter people. We dwell on how we've been mistreated. But Hebrews tells us that's not the way to live. Hebrews 12, 15. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. We can choose to become bitter people. And if so, it grows in our lives. And, and it, it, it's a problem for us. And it also impacts all those around us. Or we might choose to seek revenge. To have get vengeance on those who have... Uh, have done us wrong people oftentimes try and, and get people back if, if someone slaps you you just immediate response is to slap back first peter 3 9 says do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult on the contrary repay evil with blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit 
a blessing. We don't need to be people who seek revenge. Instead, we need to bestow a blessing. Well, I imagine all of us can relate to, to Joseph. We know what it's like to feel misunderstood and to be mistreated by others. And when I read the story, I don't know about you, but when I read the story, I connect to Joseph because I understand those feelings. Oh, actually, for me, there's other reasons I kind of connect to the story. This descriptive statement in, in, in verse 6 kind of makes me connect. What? That joke never gets old. You know, oftentimes, in fact, I'm shocked. They didn't ask me to play Joseph in the play. I mean, I was drama. I kept waiting for the call. Hey, me, Joseph. How about you, though? Do you connect with Joseph in this story? Because you know what it's like to mis, be mistreated and misunderstood. I'd, I'd like to be more like Joseph. I'd like to look more like Joseph, and I'd definitely like to look like Joseph in how I respond to those, the impact of others and how they treat me. In reality, they should have asked me to be one of the brothers because all too often... I'm a vengeful person. I allow bitterness to come into my life. But I want to be more like Joseph. I want to look more like Joseph in this world. And if I want to be that person, if you want to be that person, then we need to choose to see God at work. That's what Joseph was doing when he told his brothers the dream. I think he was saying, where did this dream come from? Is it from God? What in the world? How would this ever happen? He was looking and seeing God. When he told his father, you know, uh, he wasn't saying, Dad, I'm trying to enslave you or be better than you, not, or his brothers. He was saying, how is God going to use this story to be a blessing in our family's life? The brothers thought, though, that when they sent him away, they were enslaving Joseph. Pick up the story in Genesis 37, 27. They said, come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother. His brothers agreed. So when the Midianites merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. And they thought that was the end of the dream. They were sending it away and yet God is still at work and Joseph never failed to see God working in fact later when his brothers come to Egypt so that their family can be saved with food and when Joseph finally comes to the point that he's revealing himself to his brothers he calls them close and this is what he says to him in Genesis 45 verses 4 and 5 I am your brother Joseph the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Joseph, how can you make a statement like that to those who tried to make it where you would forever be a slave? Here's how. Back in verse 5 again. It was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there's been a famine in the land, and for the next five years there will be no plowing and reaping. 
But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. This is a man who sees God. He says, you didn't send me here. God's the one that sent me here. And brothers and sisters in Christ, we are sent people. God put us here. We have gone through times of being misunderstood and mistreated and maybe are going through those times. But it is not those who misunderstand and mistreat that we should focus on. It is God. We are sent. And at the end of each worship service, when we say those, when we're, t- we're reminded, we are sent people. We're here for a reason. God sends us, even though there are circumstances that are challenging. We need to choose to see God at work, even when we're misunderstood and mistreated. The brothers just couldn't see it that way. Even after Joseph explained all this to them, Listen to what their words in Genesis 50, verses 15 and 18. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? What in the world made them think that Joseph would act like that? Oh, it's easy. His his dad was dead, and that's the only reason that kept him from it. But bigger than that is because that's what they would have done. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him and fulfilled the dream. We are your slaves. In those two dreams of the sheaves and the stars, the brothers focused on themselves only. and not the one that gave the dream all they saw was the impact on themselves if we want to make a difference we have to see God at work the power of guilt blinds us so many times and makes us incapable of believing that anyone could show us grace and mercy and yet that's exactly what Joseph did And that's exactly what Jesus did for us. So when you're misunderstood and mistreated, here's some little couple pieces of advice. First of all, care like Jesus. Care like Jesus. In Luke chapter 19, uh, Jesus is overlooking Jerusalem. And, uh, and, and he, he sees what's coming for them. He, he knows what their actions are going to be. And, and he cares. And Luke says he wept over Jerusalem. Matthew tells the story this way in Matthew 23, 37. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who sent the prophets and stoned those sent to you. How often I've longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. That sorrow of Jesus is very similar to the sorrow of Joseph over his brothers. When those brothers came to him and said, make us your slaves, his response in Genesis 50 when, when their message came to him, Joseph wept. You want to be like Joseph? Want to be like Jesus? When those that mistreat you and misunderstand you, 
come to you, care enough, and don't just focus on yourself, but care enough to cry. It hurt for those who do hurtful things. Be like Jesus, care like Jesus. Another little piece of advice is when things like that happen, don't play God. I mean, it's pretty powerful to me that, that Joseph recognized that God was in control. His focus was on God. When they threw themselves down before him and said, we were slaves, here's Joseph's response in Genesis 50, verse 19. He said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? I mean, his eyes have been on God, and it's not a mirror he's looking into. Just because you have the power to enslave somebody doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. And Joseph knew that God was in control, and he didn't want to take that place. And so when those come to you in that position, don't play God. Instead, speak with kindness and understanding. Speak again with kindness. That's what Joseph did. Genesis 50, verse 21. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. When we find ourselves in the presence of those who have mistreated us and misunderstood us, what should you do? I'm not for sure exactly what it looks like. Care enough to cry for people. Don't think you're the person that has all the answers. Don't play God. But I can tell you one other thing that's pretty obvious. Speak with kindness again and again and again. Speak with kindness care because even when you're misunderstood and mistreated I can guarantee you this one thing what God wants wins what God intends wins so even when you're misunderstood and mistreated hold true to that keep your eyes focused on God knowing that what he wants what he intends will come through and friend, if you're here today and have never given your life to Christ in the waters of baptism, I know what God wants for you. And he's made it all possible. He wants you to be able to live with him forever in heaven. But you can't bring those sins of your life into heaven, otherwise it's another sinful place. It just becomes like this. And so he sent his son to die on the cross to pay for what you couldn't pay for. And won't you confess Christ Lord of your life? and have your sins washed away in the waters of baptism so that you can be pure and his blood continually cleanses us and we can live that new life that's what God wants for you 2 Peter 3 9 the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness instead he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance that's what God wants for you he sent his son to die for us while we were still sinners I hope that this day you'll choose to put him on in the waters of baptism. We'd love to celebrate with you. And for the rest of us, brother and sister in Christ, I hope you'll seriously consider the message from Joseph today. And if we feel like we connect to Joseph but often act too much like the brothers, we need to repent. If you're listening online, we'd love to come alongside you. Reach out to us. There's a place on our website, edmundchurchofchrist.com. Go there and let us know of your of your concerns and thoughts. We want to be praying for you. And in just a few moments, a couple of our shepherds and their wives are going to be in our parlor. Feel free to go out any of the doors and make yourself around. They'd love to pray with you and talk to you and visit with you. I hope you'll seriously consider what God is saying to you this day and how he calls you to respond.
But brother and sister in Christ, I want to just wrap up with one final thought. Right near the end of the chapter, somebody once said, Genesis starts with, uh, started with creation and ends with two coffins. Well, that's true. But it also ends with, promise, with the promised land coming back, promises of the promised land. So, a little bit earlier in our story, Jacob dies. And in Genesis 50, verses 12 through 13, the boys, the sons, honor their father's request. And the father's request when he died was, don't leave me here in Egypt. Take me back and bury me with my ancestors in that cave of Machpelah. And he's going to be the seventh person put in that cave with all those, with these others, that remind of that promise of what God's done. He's going to be there with Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Rebecca, Leah. Take me back to Canaan, to the promised land, and bury me there. And then at the very end of the chapter in Genesis 50, Joseph is now at the end of his life. And as he thinks of that next step, he too asks to be taken back to Canaan. Verses 24 and 25, Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die. And Joseph made the Israelites swear an oath and said, God will surely come to your aid, and, when, and then you must carry my bones up from this place. Why? Why was it such a big deal for Jacob and Joseph not to be buried in Egypt? I think it's because they knew that wasn't home. That was Egypt. Canaan was home. That's the promised land. And brother and sister, this is Egypt. This is the world. And it is not home. And when all is said and done, take me back home. I don't know how old you are. Some of you might be approaching 110. Glendale Norman certainly is. It's going to turn 100. But whatever your age, but especially for those of us who are getting older, you find that attraction to be with your ancestors, to those who've gone before. Do you feel the draw? You want to go home. This is not home. So when you're mistreated, when you're misunderstood, when you're enslaved, remember we have a promise from God. And we're headed there. Let's stand and sing. To Canaan's land.